0: Hello, Akaville Radio. Welcome to another exciting episode of Talkapella. I am one of your hosts, Brian Alexander, and joining me as always, Alicia
1: Edwards.
0: Alicia, how are things going with you today? You know,
1: I just realized I hate saying my name. I'm like, yeah, that's me.
0: The more I think about it, more I hear people say their name and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, does anyone like really enjoy just sending them like, hi, I'm so-and-so-and-so-and-so and just like their full name. It just feels yeah, weird. It's, it's,
1: it is weird.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm just like, I think back to like all of those elementary school days or, middle school when you had to do presentations in front of the class hi i'm brian alexander this is this and i'm like can we just get it over with okay
1: really funny thing so you know i've got like my lisp thing going on with my with my Invisalign in my mouth.
0: I completely forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know, right?
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Now you'll you'll keep hearing the lisp. It's actually gotten a lot better, okay, and I've, nice. had, I've had these for almost a month. I'm getting a little bit more accustomed to it. I work in Human Resources, okay? And my name is Alicia Edwards. There's some, like, S sounds in there, so anytime <laughs> I answer the phone, I say, Human Resources, this is Alicia. There's a mm-hmm. lot of S's and sh's in there, and oh, it's point, so yeah. embarrassing. Like, I have <laughs> had a day where I answered the phone and I said, human resources, and I had to start over. I was like, human resources?
0: Oh, man. was <laughs> it, it was
1: a coworker done, yeah. that I already knew. <laughs> And I realized after the call that it was who I suspected it was. And so I texted her and I was like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm talking with a but That's why I sounded like a crazy person. And she was like, no, I couldn't tell at all. And I was like, okay. See,
0: that's what I was going to wonder. I'm like, I was thinking, I'm like, is it more in your head or like, is anyone actually paying attention? It is
1: absolutely more in my head.
0: Right, which tends to be the case. So Mm -hmm. I I get it. But like I said, we're probably not even going to notice it. So I think you're good.
1: I mean, you say that, but now that I have pointed it out, (laughs) every Everyone's going to oh, hear it. You're, you're w- definitely going w- to. You're gonna, welcome, uh, well, everyone.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Well, awesome. I am really excited about today's guest. Man, we are going to explore some very interesting things in terms of learning about the acapella community. And once again, we have another incredible guest all the way from overseas. Joining us today, we have Dan Meller, straight out of London. Dan, how are you doing?
2: Hello. Good. Yeah, thanks. Didn't know I went for an Aussie accent the first thing I said, and I was like, hello, guys. <laughs> How are we going? I was no, curious. I was like,
0: maybe I misspoke about the London thing.
2: <laughs> no, I think so. I, I, I wish I have some sort of fantasy about about being Australian. But there are a lot of Australians in London, so honestly I might as well be, you know. So the question, have you ever been to Australia before? I have. Now that you ask, all uh, my friends that listen to this are gonna be like, Oh my god, don't ask that question because I literally went in like <laughs> I literally went in like February and March and obviously I still didn't shut up about it because nothing else has happened in my life since. Um, <laughs> hey, so you yes, gotta I have take whatever to moment you can get. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I love about both your names, though? I realised just as you were saying them about your names, but you guys both have like first names for both of your names which i just think is great i wish i had that to be like brian alexander and like alicia edwards do you know what i mean I love yeah, a- it's
0: actually been more trouble than it's worth because growing up i always had people just like call me alexander or just not say my name correctly because they always thought my first name was
2: alexander so it's mm. been really weird for me my entire you life well, so someone that i went to uni with was called william williams so oh. at least you don't have that. Ooh, that's a tough one i'll <laughs> be like daniel daniels you know yeah
1: <laughs> i can't say i had that problem because edwards has been my last name for six years so it's my mm-hmm. married name
0: yeah. so you're used to it yeah yeah
1: so i i didn't have that problem growing up but i do have a friend named matt matthews Ooh, we called him matt one. matt <laughs>
2: Why would you do oh that boy. to your child as a parent?
0: It's really? funny.
1: I had this conversation with a coworker. We were like, "Some people hate their children."
0: People are just trying weird things these days. I don't. I don't get it. But anyway, on um, um, that note, <laughs> Dan, thanks. I know terrible segue into the next part of the conversation here. But uh, Dan, we're really excited and glad that you could join us today. And for our listeners out there who don't know as much about you as we do, can you tell us a little bit about your experience in acapella, your background, and how how did you get involved? in the music scene.
2: So... Like most of the people who do acapella in the UK, um, a lot of them come from the sort of school choir kind of tradition, because whilst you guys have over there, the sort of American high school acapella group, we don't have that here. We have the British um, school choir, like choral tradition kind of thing. Mm, okay. um, so literally just came from in my last couple of years at school, I like joined the choir. And then when I was on my, my year out, my gap year before I went to uni, I went back to my older sort of music teacher asked me to come back and like be in like a little acapella group and stuff. Enough. And oh, so well. I knew that I sort of like liked singing. Also, when I first joined the choir, I was a tenor as well. Can you believe? Not a very good tenor. <laughs> I am struggling tenor. to um, a little
0: bit right now, but, uh, but you know, possible. But yeah,
2: so when I went to uni, I'd already sort of researched the, the singing stuff that I wanted to join. So I sort of got to university in Bristol in the UK and um, went straight for the sort of the larger kind of choir style is sort of like a barbershop chorus kind of thing that they had over there. Because when I sort of first joined, there wasn't already an existing contemporary a cappella group at Bristol. So, as far as I was aware, sort of all they had was this uh, barbershop chorus larger quiet thing. So, I went straight for them. Then I found out after being with them for like a couple of months that like a brand new sort of contemporary collegiate a cappella group, what we sort of know as like today, was set up the same year that I went. So, I hadn't really, because I did all my research beforehand, I, like, it didn't exist back then. So, I sort of walked straight past it in our sort of, we call it Freshers Fair, where you sort of meet all the different student groups and stuff. Okay. Um, oh, so okay. I sort of yep. didn't know existed, walked straight past it, and went to the other one. <laughs> but yeah, but then it so happened that this group, who were called the Bristol Suspensions, had like an opening for a bass in like January of my first year at university. And so they sort of like approached me to, because I already sort of like did all this other singing stuff. And they sort of approached me and asked me to sort of do a quick audition wow. and the rest of history. So I was in that.
1: So they approached about four years.
2: you. Well, yeah, I didn't sort of formally go to like an open audition. It was because I was in another auditioned uh, barbershop style, close harmony style, acapella group. Oh, okay, okay. So they part saw of, you like, in The that. larger chorus, yeah, and there was one okay. sort of common member, someone that was in the suspensions that was also in this group. So I knew her obviously. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And because bases are quite difficult to find, to be honest. Yeah, good ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. I agree. Yeah, good like, ones. Yep. I just went to the MD of suspensions house, sang a little song for him. I guess just to make sure that I wasn't abysmal. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's always worth checking. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's it. And then I was sort of in, had my first gig like two weeks later. I had to learn like fourteen songs wow. or something ridiculous. Wow.
0: Yeah. I always find that interesting. I think there's a correlation there because I remember in our my collegiate group, we actually did still a few of the, you know, university sponsored singers from their programs to come and join our a <laughs> cappella group. So I'm like, it's not just completely out there that those things happened, but I'm always interested in, to hear that it actually did happen.
2: That's kind of cool that you got like a in-house audition.
0: That's yeah, that is pretty
1: that's pretty unique. <laughs> that,
2: yeah. yeah, one or two other people that I think that had it like that. It was only just really because it so happened that the spot became available, and they'd already been through, I think, two other bases that had sort of like joined, then either like dropped out or whatever. So I think they were kind of getting a bit like I need to feel this. It was Maybe right. more out of desperation than, than, than my talent. Hey, don't sell yourself short. Yeah, I'm sure they yeah. thought you were the most I'm amazing I'm many just saying this because so. I love to think that I was scouted, but everyone else in the group loves to rip me for that because I think I'm the hey, only I person would that doesn't take have that to the video. grave. If that, was yeah, great. because well, at you, the end you, of...
1: you, but you kind of were scouted.
2: Exactly. That's how I. That's no. how I see it. So, so thank you for the validation
1: for that you just say well alicia says that i was scouted exactly
2: have you been on talk about it? it? i don't think so
1: and then we'll have them all (laughs) reaching out to us
2: (laughs) when you look at your
0: entire time with the suspensions and kind of compare that to where you are now in what way of like any did that time with the group kind of shape your ideas or maybe your current ideas or the impact on your current skills as they kind of relate to music
2: Pretty much completely, because I was a music student. I, I, I have a music degree, so that's that's the, the course that I did at university. And I went in, and obviously when you do music, uh, you have to have your sort of first study, your first instrument, the instrument you're best at. I went in as like a drummer, percussionist,
1: really kind of thing okay.
2: yeah that was and, and always was when I was growing up throughout school I, w- I was never known as a singer I was always like a drummer and percussionist so I went into university that'd be my main thing sort of expecting that this is where I'd sort of find my feet and sort of become you know one of the main drummers sort of there but because all this a cappella stuff happened it really really super flipped throughout my university career I sort of did like four or five kind of like gigs or a lot of them were like shows on, on drums and if you come to the amount of over the course of four years the amount of like you know singing stuff i do because i was also in suspensions were my main one but i was in like all the unauditioned stuff there was three unauditioned choirs then i was in two other audition groups at bristol as well so like when i just got super stuck in and it completely changed my direction i i had sort of planned on going here because i I sort of planned on going into university doing this drumming stuff and then i was going to do a master's in composition for film and tv that sort of very much got abandoned when i decided that i wanted to actually pursue the singing thing which i actually remember the exact moment where i sort of decided all right now i want to do this like for good which was when in the third year of suspensions we just we were doing our sort of main show of the year And the third year was quite like a hype year for us We did a lot of stuff in Gen 3 um, And it was also the year that I was MD as well So I was kind of like, okay. saw a lot of it as my responsibility Kind of thing um, And we were doing yeah, our, a our end of year show And after our first song, our opener Just like the applause for it Just lasted like a good, so long And it just felt amazing And like all of us to this day that are still that, that we're in the group then Like we still reference it to this day and be like, do you remember that time? Because like, all of us, we would just started laughing because of how like ridiculous it was. We were like, all right, like shut up. We're not that good, you know? Okay. Um, and that was the sort <laughs> of, well, of moment where I was things. like, wow. Yeah, I was I'm like, like wow, wow, they really liked is, us. This yeah, just, <laughs> I was like, well, if this is what life could be like, then like sign me up. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously right. there's nowhere to sign up when it comes to doing acapella in the UK professionally. But yeah, sort of stuff like that I've really sort of changed the direction of my university career going into my professional post career as well. I always find
0: that interesting. Like, I, th- I think hopefully most of us can remember that moment that defining moment that was just like hey this is when acapella was like when we were rocking it and acapella because it's interesting that you mentioned you, you said that was your third year i guess when when all that happened and i found it interesting i think our it was our third year with our group when we went to you know this kind of showcase at another university with all these other acapella groups and we put together this awesome medley and we had one of those aha moments where the audience was with us and i was just like okay yep this is it we're going pro at this point <laughs> you know we made it so yeah you start I, I like, running you, away I with yourself way. a little
2: bit you're like oh, chill <laughs> out calm down
0: exactly
1: yeah. a totally non-related question because you said that you were a drummer yeah do you know what drum corps is
2: i don't know much about it but as far as i'm like, aware drum it's Court like drum corps international dci is that sort of like military style drumming thing so no i have no idea it's
1: like marching band on crack yeah
2: that sort of thing yeah i have a friend and you that like does go marching on tour in
1: the u.s with like the group that you're in and i was just curious yeah that's more sort or of like those. um
2: if you're a, a real really good sort of snare drummer whereas i was sort of like more of a kit kind of guy oh, okay. the whole, the whole okay. shebang because a lot of people can like cool. specialize in in snare drumming right but okay
3: I, I, I was
1: just curious no okay. i did when
2: i was at school i did a lot more like jazz and funk and soul stuff is what i love oh, to do okay. at school okay
1: oh, very there. cool very yeah cool all right so you you mentioned a little bit about acapella professionally so can can you tell us how lux vocals came to be because you're the founder of it yeah or one of the founding members or the yeah. founder is that right yes.
2: it, it just came from um after i graduated just does that same thing of like well how do i carry on doing this do you know what i mean how do i continue to find those moments that i had in 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 our third year and and throughout the, the whole of you know my time suspensions there were lots more of them how do i do that um So I wanted to sort of carry it on. And there there wasn't much... This is back in autumn, fall 2018 when I started to do this. And then I sort of just put feelers for auditions out there wasn't a huge post-collegiate scene at the time there was there was a little bit of one but the first maybe was probably novi which is johnny stewart's group um who okay i think georgia yeah, mentioned familiar. they were set up in 2017 so yeah so i sort of put some feelers out at the end of 2018 got some auditions in formed sort of the first iteration of the group and then started doing a bit of stuff but the way i wanted to do it was almost actually quite heavily influenced by citizen queen where they sort of launch with really? a lot of material ready to go that's sort of way i wanted to do it but obviously there's always bumps in the road and that sort of first iteration it was quite slow to start as these things often are because i hadn't sort of sourced enough Mainly arrangements has always been the big thing for me. Like I can arrange, but I don't enjoy arranging. I'm not an arranger. And the way that I chose my group members, they were I wanted just the best voices. That was my highest mm-hmm. concern. Right. So the other members of my group aren't as experienced in the sort of arranging field either. So it kind of all fell down to me and because it's not really my favorite thing to do. Like the input that I have is much more on the production side. Well, that's that's of... really
1: interesting to me because you've said that you were potentially going to pursue a master's in film and in mm. TV. What was it? Score.
2: Boring. Yeah, uh, in composition. So that's TV. that's interesting.
1: Yeah, composition. That was it. So I, I find that interesting or fascinating because you you said that you're not an arranger.
2: Yeah, I think the thing for me why I don't like arranging that much is just the monotonous parts of it. Right. I can never find the motivation to just even like start transcribing the melody. Do you know what I mean? That's but so, I love. You. I that's love thinking about how to do this. You. No, and that's a big thing. I I have lots of other you know friends who who can arrange but don't consider themselves arrangers because they don't enjoy that aspect of it. It can sort of hold you back. Whereas if you don't mind just bashing out the melody transcription or sort of you know doing those you know blocking out chords before you start or something like that then I think um, that's where like I have one friend named Raf who, who can just whack out an arrangement like a complex 16 part arrangement in, like four hours and I'm like that's, how do you have the patience yeah. I just do not have the patience for that yeah no
1: I, I definitely I, don't
0: <laughs> it's always hard for me to like to fathom that because in that same respect I'm like I also have my college roommate who helped me like we both co-founded our college group he is exactly one of those people he will stay up all night and have an arrangement done by the early morning hours and the few times that i've done arrangement i was just like oh man i'm ready to like pass out because this thing is so time consuming and it's like it's requires so much effort if it's not like your first like skill set or kind of thing and so it like you hear about all these people that like you know are stellar rangers and like there's so many in the acapella community who are just fantastic at it but it comes with a lot of effort yeah
2: so. And i think you have to be that kind of you have to be really willing to push through the the boring bits but yeah so yeah. that was sort of going back to the formation of lux that was the main thing sort of holding us back and then we had a dropout, and i sort of didn't want to fill them immediately because we have anything to show for ourselves i wanted to wait until we had content and um, before we fill mm-hmm. the the spot, because I thought it would help us get a, a better individual to fill it when they know what they're they're getting into. Do you know what I mean? When they when we've got right. something tangible to be like, this is what you can be a part of. If we've already got content, um, so I sort of came up with an, another way to fill that spot which was to do like a song with a feature which actually ended up you know many months later being our first release anyway but yeah so like that was one that I arranged but like again we almost went on like hiatus because like I just got to that point because I'm not an arranger where I sort of hit a brick wall couldn't think of what to do for the next bit and it just sort of got left for for several months but then one of my friends who and also throughout the course of this we had another dropout so I was like I'm gonna have to like re-strategize the whole thing you know but then come around September 2019 I've got almost a year now can you believe another one of my my good friends from uni from suspensions moved to london with me moved in with me i sort of knew all about her voice i'm very familiar with her voice i've been singing with her for like three or four years already so i basically promised her the spot i was like i'm not gonna bother auditioning you because i don't need to because i know i want you in and then we still had one more spot to fill and it so happened that another of my friends from suspensions as well had moved nearby to london recently and she mm-hmm her name's grace she like is one of the best vocalists i think i've ever had my entire life so i was like okay do you want to join (laughs) yes it just worked out the the phone was like who is this
0: calling me (laughs) it (laughs)
2: actually ended up being the out of our six members five of us are actually suspensions alumni from our old uni group so funny Um, Oh boy think about it It just makes sense because i know their voices really well and i know exactly what i want to do with them where they might fit in in any kind Mm -hmm. of arrangement but yeah so um we had a full group now and then i just sort of had the moment where i was like i I know so many arrangers within Yucac Pella. That, that want to arrange I'm like why am I not just asking mm-hmm. them do you know what I mean I, I didn't want to do <laughs> right. that initially because we didn't have any money and I do believe in right. paying people for their right. for their work right. that was going to be one of my questions I was like did you
0: all consider just like commissioning arrangements from people well, and stuff. yeah
2: but then I found when I started putting feelers out people were willing good arrangers that I knew some contacts that I had and, and other people that I knew sort of were just willing to do it like do good arrangements for us for free to sort of help us get our our feet having that has really been the launch pad i think for us because we just needed to find our weakness as a group which was arrangements and then get around that and then we could do the rest of it because like i said all the production stuff i can do and i I like doing that and i'm perfectly happy doing that so with these arrangers we then have a full skill set and then nothing kind of like held us back so sort of come lockdown we sort of had like a a sizable influx of arrangements come in as well the first few we did actually were all mine so the first one two three releases which were Spotlight 1999 and shut up and drive all me arrangements but then from then on they've largely all been other people and because lockdown happened and because i sort of knew what i was doing with the production side that happening really helped launch us as well i don't think we would have done half as much as we've done released half as much as we have done if it weren't for lockdown to be honest so i'm almost grateful mm. you know there's some good that came out of
1: silver linings
2: so
0: that's interesting and uh, i'm glad that you brought up production because that's something i'm curious for various reasons but for you maybe if we can start just a little bit how did you develop your skills with production because i always feel that this is an area a lot of people go into acapella not having as much experience but by the time you come out i'm like it's just such a blessing to be able to go through the experience because a lot of groups are doing things for themselves they're producing their own albums producing videos and so there's so much opportunity but for you specifically how, how did that growth happen
2: so i started in my Third year of suspensions, which was the year that I was MDing because I was a music student, doing music degree, and in music at Bristol, you can either do your dissertation. I think you guys call it the same thing over there. Dissertation is like the main, yeah, the main project at the end of mm-hmm. your sort of degree, or
1: like your capstone sometimes here. Oh yeah, yeah that's know, usually but, uh, a yeah. class i
2: think yeah it's like I think it's, it's like a cor- big course unit course. Yeah. a large unit it's right, worth right. 40 credits which is like a third Ooh. of, of oh 40 we have yeah, 120 that's a lot. credits in a year so like well, it's worth that's a third that's funny because
1: dissertations year. are typically what we see with phd programs i feel like yeah i US. think it's, mm-hmm. it's kind
2: of flipped whatever we call it in phd you call it for sort of undergrad i'm not too sure though or
1: like a thesis
2: yeah, be yeah. Like a thesis, so but I think you do your thesis in, for a, for a, yeah, you do a thesis for a masters here as well. And you do right, dissertation right. in undergrad, I believe. Not that I've got a masters, okay, but cool. in music, you can either do a dissertation or you can do a performance or uh okay. an acoustic composition so like a regular composition or a studio composition and i chose to do studio composition well initially actually i was going to do a dissertation all about acapella but then i just don't like academia really so i was like why am i why am i subjecting myself to more research <laughs> and reading so i decided to yeah. do a studio production <laughs> instead and one of the things that i was permitted to do for that was like one of the eligible sort of projects was to do an album oh that sounds oh, so cool so i decided that i wanted to do an album a shortish album i only had about eight tracks in it or something maybe seven, eight. seven eight four suspensions sort of two birds with one stone you know because we had done an album before in our first year but we didn't really know what we were doing mm. it wasn't recorded <laughs> in the sort of typical way that you might do it and it was with this like a regular sound engineer who's obviously very talented but you know you'll notice it's a d- quite a different skill set yeah like it's different with engineer. the vocal arts yeah, yeah exactly so we had done an album but it wasn't really the same thing i wanted to do like a proper studio recorded album studio being my bedroom obviously (laughs) (laughs) for my degree and just for suspensions so yes it started setting about doing that so i got all, all the gear all the equipment found ways to do it on the cheap i also had a practice run because our university okay. commissioned us to do a music video for their because our university likes to do like a christmas video oh, every year awesome. so in okay. 2016 christmas which is my third year they commissioned us to do their christmas video. so we put together a christmas music video so that was my first sort of practice at doing that i did all the research as to how you properly set up your tracking and then just basically mm-hmm. researched everything as much as i could find wow. to put this together and the thing is, I think a lot of people think it's so inaccessible to be able to learn those skills. But I really don't think it is. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of things out there. But I will say that I was quite lucky that I had some sort of connections as well of producers who I could just reach out to and say, Hey, do you mind lending an ear? Or, hey, what's the best way to EQ a snare? You know, just stuff like that. I sort of had those connections. Mm -hmm. But that also being said, I was never afraid to reach out to people that I didn't already know. Yeah, And 100% of the time, these producers will always come back with really informative and useful advice they'll never ever look down on you you know and, and be like right you should just pay me instead you know what i mean they'll always just they'll, they'll right. always tell you what you need to know um so it's i'll teach useful. you
0: once you give me the money yeah
2: exactly they weren't like that at all like they were really 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 helpful and useful so yeah that's where i learned like a lot of it. And also okay. the recording acapella podcast and videos that Danny Osmond, he okay. actually did a session in London as well. So I went along to one of his live sessions and I got him to university to pay for it and everything. Wow. Yeah, to sort of like meet him properly and learn more in person. So yeah, any sort of resources or opportunities that I could find, I sort of took. So I think for me it was about being resourceful and being keen and, you know, wanting to learn. And I think literally anyone can do it from that. So yeah, so I learned from that, did the album. Obviously now that was three years ago so obviously i listened listen to it and i'm like oh god it sounds like trash but it was a start it was <laughs> you possible. gotta start somewhere though yeah, i did well in my degree for it Um, i think better that i should have done but but, but you know i'm not <laughs> complaining it did the job and it was an album right. that we released and it was content Maybe Content's content right,
3: um, right. exactly
2: right. on that note we are going to take our first commercial break
0: but we're going to come back and continue speaking with dan miller right here on Capella.
3: are you an aspiring sound engineer have we got a show for you? The Headroom Podcast is a podcast for aspiring sound engineers in the contemporary a cappella genre. Join Kyle Howard and Ricky Jubarin as they break down the different stages of audio production and chat with other producers about their techniques to achieving the best sound. You can find The Headroom Podcast on Acavill Radio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Remember, Acaville is the place where you can find all the latest in acapella information.
2: And welcome back to Talkapella.
1: I can't talk yet. That was fantastic. That was awesome.
2: Wow.
3: We
1: are here with Dan Mailer, who is the founder of Lux Vocals, a semi-pro post-collegiate acapella group in the UK, as well as an alumnus of the Bristol Suspensions. It's been a really great conversation, and it's been really fun for me. I'm sure it has been for Brian, and, and I hope for Dan as well. <laughs> but we were, we were talking a little bit about Dan's background in acapella, and how he's gotten to where he's at now most recently we were talking about kind of the production element and dan you had said that you had i mean you did your i guess like your senior project in university on you did a studio production so we've noticed that like more groups have been kind of handling that production in-house do you feel like the uk acapella scene has enough engineering talent to go around for all the various groups when it comes to that
2: That that's such a good question i think there is there is talent out there But I think what we don't have is that network yet of of producers. Because there are like very talented acapella producers out there. Like Johnny Stewart is a really good one. He's helped me a lot. Jack Bloom, who used to be in Sons of Pitches from Birmingham. But does other, he like is sort of like a professional kind of like soundy music guy now. Then other people who are sort of up and coming, like this guy called Adam Critchlow, who's from Newcastle University's Tune Army. There are people, but there isn't the sort of network to sort of bounce off each other. Sort of yet, right. and maybe it is because there are such there are so few people doing the sort of post production stuff. What there has been a, a rise in and a boom in is people sort of tracking themselves. Okay, because uh, yeah. it used to be with suspensions, we did our first two professional tracks uh, with Liquid Fifth, one of which we paid for at the start of our second year, and the other one we won as part of it was like a prize oh, for I winning this festival called the Voice Festival in our second year, and they sent someone over from the states to come and track us. Which obviously adds to the cost quite significantly, both for us and for them. So, for both parties, if you can avoid doing that, then, like, you should. You know, why not? There's lots of resources out there on how to track acapella properly. And so, I think there has been a rise in people finding those resources and learning how to do it themselves. And, like, even within sort of mini-communities, mini like, I you know, at Bristol, after I left, after I came to London, there was a guy who wasn't actually really involved with the acapella scene, a guy called James. But he sort of built his own little niche being the tracking engineer for. A lot of the Bristol groups so he'd record okay. basically all of their stuff and they'd then send that off to be mixed edited mix mastered professionally over in the states because that's the thing we don't really have wow. like a production house here and yeah I was gonna say yeah. I, I felt
0: like there's so much like engineering talent in terms of you know like mix and mastering in the US and I'm, I'm guessing that's what most of the UK groups do is they just send it over yeah, just yeah
2: they'll send it to usually the vocal company liquid First okay. sometimes okay. to do that because those producers that are out there, like me, Johnny and Adam, and I, I'm the same with this, but we, I haven't really tried to reach out and offer my sort of skills to other groups. Mm-hmm. Reason being is that I don't think any of us, maybe I think Johnny probably is, but I don't think the rest of us really believe that we're good enough yet. I certainly don't believe I'm good enough yet. I, oh, okay. I don't feel like I can charge a group. <laughs> 500 pounds to do their single when they can send it off to a professional to, to do it right. instead because all these uk groups have mm-hmm. to fundraise massively because we don't get really any university support in the uk to do these albums and stuff okay. um so they have to fundraise anyway and so if you're fundraising and you can hit your targets right. why would you not send it to the professionals over in the states right. rather than right. having right. someone like Makes me sense. who is pretty good at it i think at this point but i don't quite think i have that professional kind of shimmer that professional shined and um, so that's why i think we don't have that much of a network because there hasn't been those outreach from producers to groups and for me personally that's the reason i haven't done it and also i'm so busy doing my own stuff do you know what i mean (laughs) right
0: i'm like you sound like a busy person to begin with but in that that same respect i feel like that's one of the great things about contemporary acapella like People are so supportive of one another. I I know so many groups here have been like willing to let, I guess, amateurs in a sense, Mm. you know, handle their productions and stuff just because such a tight knit community. At the end of the day, we want the best quality, but at the same time, we realize that everyone is still up and coming. Everyone is still trying to make their way. So I feel like that there, here's an opportunity if you weren't so busy, which you are, to really carve out a, you know, market for yourself in the UK. Yeah,
2: I think there would be. It's just, I don't think there's been that right, maybe person yet to really jump into it because everyone has had other stuff going on do you know what i mean like johnny stewart the founder right. of novi i feel like he might have been the first one to do it but he had novi going on his his post collegiate group so <laughs> almost maybe a similar situation to me where it's kind of like with these producers, because they learned producing for their group, that's always their priority over yeah. other groups.
0: Right. And it, it makes sense. You know, I, I know so many groups, you know, they go to the same person they've been using for years just because they feel comfortable mm. and that's been their person. They, they know their sound. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it all makes sense.
1: All right. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here. Dan, you conducted... A survey recently on diversity and inclusivity in the UK acapella scene, which is super fascinating to me. Um, it's an
0: amazing survey.
1: I wow. am like a super geek nerd when it comes to data. So I, in particular, really appreciate this. So can you tell us what inspired you to, to do this?
2: where it came from there's actually like a direct line that i know sort of where the idea came from is that one of my friends who's in suspensions i struggle to remember who it is sometimes but i think it was one of my friends in suspensions (laughs) called rachel she posted on her insta story this video posted by a guy from warwick musical theater society the president or something and he was just talking Mm -hmm. about access to musical theater for non-white people for bame Mm -hmm. people um he was just talking about it and, and sort of giving his his ideas and and sort of feedback and, and and reasonings as to why musical theater and a lot of vocal music generally in the uk is so white because that's not a secret to anyone we've known that um, Hate to break it to it's the same over here yeah yeah, yeah I, I was gonna say it's not it's very different but yeah so he posted that video and then my friend rachel reposted it and that sort of got me thinking i was like we know it's exactly the same in the in the uk but the sort of arguments <coughs> that he was was using i felt resonated as well with with our community so i was Think about it from then and then another friend of mine named chad who was in semitone from exeter university he saw the same video of uh, a friend of rachel's story and then from that made a post about the situation in exeter as well and seeing that also really brought it further home for me because at bristol's you know the bristol acapella groups are quite good friends with the extra acapella groups we have like social together well when i was at uni we had social together all the time and like we you know we knew each other very well so yeah it just brought it a lot closer to home and then i was just thinking a lot about how the situation is that is the same in in acapella as it is in musical theater and we've known about it for a while and it's always been that same but you know there's nothing we could do about it we can only let in who auditions and a lot of the arguments that this guy from work was making was that those are that that just doesn't really hold up for example he'd talk about they'd propose doing musicals like hairspray and then in their sort of proposal meetings for their musicals they'd say oh no we can't do hairspray because we don't have enough black people and so they wouldn't do it mm-hmm. but then the argument was made well how are you ever gonna invite them in to the society right. if you never give right. if there, if there's never roles for different minorities and stuff and i just Thought they really resonate with you, Kakapella, because a lot of the arguments we make against, you know, or reasons for justifications, I guess, for our groups being so white is that, well, you know, we don't have enough black people audition. But I didn't see that as good enough of a reason. So I started thinking about, you know, what do we do to address this? And then for me, like, I'm the same as you, Alicia, like, data, I love data. And I think information is power as well. There would, you know, we yeah, didn't know exactly so where we were at in the UK. And right. I think because the UK is quite a bit smaller of a community than the states and because i'm like an admin on the facebook group we've got and like i've been around a long time now in like uk acapella terms you know it's only like five six years but still it's quite a long time <laughs> um in uk cappella, and i sort of i knew i had a voice so I sort of saw it as my responsibility to, to use the loud voice that I have to sort of get this going. So I did like all the, all the research, a lot of research on writing the survey, uh, making sure it's asking the right questions. And I asked different people that I knew what questions might address their experiences in their groups within sort of acapella specifically and yeah put together the survey just released it on the page on the facebook group rather and gave people like two weeks i think to fill out and yeah so that's how it happened
1: so i'm curious you said you released it on your on the facebook page i feel like i read somewhere how many responses you got but now i'm not finding that
2: it got 187 respondents okay
1: that's the number that sticks out in my head so i remember seeing that but i don't remember where i saw it i'm curious as to what the response rate was of that like how many people are on that facebook
2: page yeah it's difficult because there are around 1400 people in the facebook group which is actually quite a lot thinking about the you know casa or acapella now as it's now called it's got like eight thousand. so i'm actually surprised we've got so many in the uk one to be honest yeah but it has about 1400 people so initially Mm -hmm. i was thinking 187 out of 1400 is not a great ratio being an admin of the group obviously I, i sort of See a lot of people that request to to be let in, and a lot of them, I think, a, a sizable proportion of the Facebook group aren't actually acapella singers; they're just people that like acapella. Okay. You know those kind of okay. people mm-hmm. who've seen Pitch Perfect and just and just like it. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So I, I think it's quite difficult to, to know what the right. response rate was because we don't know how is. many of okay. of the actual people in the group have engaged in doing acapella. Right. You know, rather than right. and, and, okay. and that's interesting because when I
0: looked over the results, I did see that some of the the respondents were people that haven't participated in it and right. i find that's interesting to give you that kind of outside perspective which i don't know necessarily if that's what you were looking for or hoping for but, but I, I, I think mean, it can be just i know.
1: mean but that is a very small person i'm looking at your results here that is a very small percentage of
2: yeah res- well the way the survey sort of worked it had all these questions about new experiences and, and stuff like that right. and um sort of both quantitative and qualitative questions on how people view the current situation within your Capella. and then the second half of it was like a demographic survey it was obviously all anonymous as well so the demographic part sort of asked questions about well, yeah, about people's demographics. And one of those was, I called it acapella status. So you could choose between right, whether that. you were a collegiate alumni, collegiate current. So if you're associated to a collegiate group or are alumni current, or if you were non-collegiate or in a community group, we sometimes call them. Oh, so, yeah.
1: okay. Totally wrong.
2: Yeah. So they still <laughs> engaged in acapella. They just weren't part of the collegiate scene. Um, okay. Yeah. And it was about 5% of respondents were that, which to be honest, given the engagement of that Facebook group is probably quite accurate to the whole demographic of the group, if I had okay. to guess. So I'm
0: curious for you when looking at the, the survey as a whole, looking at the results and after doing some analysis, what was like the most eye-opening result or trend that you saw from the data? There was so much information and for all the our listeners out there, this is a very detailed survey, a lot of data, a lot of thought went into it. And so there's
2: so much to take away from it, but I'm just curious what stood out to you mm. as, you know, the most relevant. There was one question actually that I did sort of a deeper dive analysis of. The question was called, what areas of diversity could your group improve upon? And there were, I believe, five areas that I had listed. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight areas, actually. Which were just uh, different sort of demographics. So people could select either age, disability, gender, race and ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, or none and other. And people would check which of those they believed their group could improve upon. And sort of doing a dive into the results that I thought was quite interesting, that when it came to race and ethnicity and sexual orientation, less non-minority members thought their group needed to improve in those areas than the minority areas. So, for example, more white people said that their group needed to improve on race and ethnicity than... BAME people which I thought was quite interesting it okay. was the same for sexual mm. orientation more straight people thought that their group needed to improve on sort of diversity in that area than the LGBTQ plus people which I thought was quite interesting. So is, it's interesting. Really interesting. So the these
0: minority groups, I guess, maybe their mindset are is that the things that are important to them necessarily, they, they don't feel like it's as big of an issue compared to the other people. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm looking.
2: That's something that that's a way you can analyze it. And equally, for example, mm-hmm. it does go the other way. So for age of those over the age of 25, 54% of them said that their group could improve on age. Whereas for those under 25, it was 15 and a half. So it's kind of the opposite, actually, for age. Right, right. So much to package.
0: I'm like, I feel like I have a million questions here. But I guess the the, the first part it's it's interesting, and just because we've talked about it so much, of course, race and ethnicity, and being people. And Alicia, feel free to chime in on any of this. But being <laughs> a person of of color, you know, for the first three years of my group, I was the only person. I guess I was the first African American in our group, as well as the only African American member in our group for three years, and. I guess I just kind of got used to the fact that, okay, this is just how it was. It, of course, I, I felt it was, we got to explore a lot more once we added more members of a, a similar ethnic group to me. Once I felt like the group has some natural evolution, but it's curious just kind of processing all of that with your, your survey results, because I, I definitely get where everyone's coming from and their thought process on, you know, really expanding the group to, to include more type of people. So
1: I would be curious as to whether or not you have similar results cross culturally. Like if you did a, if you conducted a similar survey in the U S how those results would compare to what you've got in the UK, mm. like Brian, I was the only minority in, in my, well, there were two, actually there were three of us in my acapella group, so That's a third of the group, So That was pretty good. But it like, when I think about, like Asian Americans, because I'm, that's what I identify, or well, that's what I am, not just what I identify (laughs) as. I was the first Asian American in my collegiate acapella group. Another gal who was in my group the same year as me, but she actually, she auditioned and made the group a little bit after I did. She was also Technically, she could be considered Asian. Well, she is part Asian American, but I was the first. So, but yeah. After, the year after me, there was a gal in the group who's half Japanese. And then, and, and I, I think that's actually it so far. So, only three members. I mean, it's a nine person group, um, all female. And in the, in the group's, I think, 15-year history at this point, there have been three Asian-Americans in the group. And so that's, I mean, personally, I would like to see more diversity there mm. because the majority of the group yeah. is, I mean, it's predominantly yeah. white females. What I would say,
2: um, to be honest, is that from my experience of, of seeing American groups and stuff, obviously both online and in person, because we went on tour to the States when I was in my third year as well, and it speaks to how kind of dire the situation is in the UK. But I think that American mm. groups are actually probably fairly more diverse than British groups. Really? And I okay. think there is a reason behind this. What I would hypothesize is that acapella is so much more widespread in the states. So basically right. yeah. pretty That's much true. every university does acapella in the states, mm-hmm. but over here in the UK, the largest and the biggest and the most successful acapella groups all come from what we call our, our russell group universities so that's like the the equivalent is like the british ivy leave essentially oh okay. so huh. a lot of our newer universities these they're called like old polytechnics is what we call them for some reason I won't go into why. But a lot of the new <laughs> universities that don't have as much of like the prestige and the sort of age behind them. They don't actually have a cappella groups. Okay. And one sort of potential reason as to why a cappella is so white is because BAME people and individuals more often go to newer universities and metropolitan universities than mm. the sort of Russell group ones. And so it's an issue, and this was commented on quite a bit in the survey as well, that the issue extends to the universities as a whole. A lot of these top Russell uni- Group universities are overwhelmingly white. Yeah, you know, so a lot of people's comments were our group is a reflection of our university, which again, like sort of beginning, I don't think is particularly an excuse hmm. at all. But, but yeah, I think it, it, it's a much deeper issue here, maybe in the UK than potentially in the states when it comes to sort of uh, distribution of diversity within universities as well, because we don't have a cappella groups in new universities. Really. I feel
1: like that's. So, I feel like that's something that Georgia actually talked to us yeah, I think about she did, when yeah. we interviewed her. Yeah, um, yeah, she m- mentioned similar comments. That yeah, that the diversity goes beyond, or it's bigger than a cappella.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I'm so curious just hearing that because you mentioned they're, they're called Russell Russell Group. Yeah, well, Russell Group. Russell Group. And I, I'm curious just hearing that as it relates because yeah, we have Ivy Leagues over here, but and those those <laughs> universities they have multiple. I'm thinking Harvard. Harvard has oh, at yeah. least five or six groups. So Yale has one of the biggest a cappella like groups. And Dartmouth. Yeah, so many of our, our Ivy Leagues have such you know large communities of acapella groups but at the same time even the lesser known colleges and universities they have tons of groups and i'm curious just because you're saying that it, it tends to be more focused towards those russell group schools do you personally feel that in the uk acapella is a privilege to be involved in
2: i think you definitely could argue that much because a lot like I said at the very beginning a lot of the makeup of acapella groups is people that were part of the british choral tradition and that choral tradition is it's very systemic and it's it's very it comes from wealth and it comes from it's it's old and it comes from sort of like the whiteness of the of the uk before the uk became so diverse anyway and so like you say that the issue goes deep into that and that's one of the reasons i think that it's not as accessible for bame people because often there's a high proportion of bame people go to schools who don't have the facilities or access to put together these kind of musical groups so they never get that experience in school which then restricts them from accessing it in university as well so yeah the issue goes right 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 down and it's part of i believe part of stuff like recently like a lot of government cuts that the government's made to schools the first thing to be cut is often music you know and arts And so schools that are more heavily impacted by these cuts won't have those, whereas private schools or sort of like better state schools that don't have as many cuts have much more of the access to music privileges and stuff like that. And the access to those schools is largely white. As well, so yeah, I think a lot of it depends on on what your school experience is, which is heavily affected because of you know due to the climate in the UK when it comes to to race, which is heavily affected by those sort of things. Right.
1: So I'm curious. So you've done this survey and you have all this data. What happens next? Do you have plans for sharing this information? How do you think it would impact?
2: Your community? So I put together all the information. I sort of corroborated it all in like a big Excel kind of file with a load of like pivot tables and sort of like all this Excel stuff that allows you to sort through different demographics and view the results according to sort of the people that, you know, the different groups of people that that filled them out, which allows you to make all these comparisons. So I tried to make the results as sort of comparable as possible so you could do as much analysis easily as, as possible. So I posted it, the results back on the on the group, but I did make a point not to give people much of my own analysis because I think it's really important that mm-hmm. people right. do their own and people step up and take the time right. to do it themselves. So I, I wanted right. to give them the tools to do so by putting together okay. the results in like a, an easily manageable way rather than right, just giving right. them a, a list of, you know, lines in Excel. So I want to give <laughs> people the tools to do it themselves. And also I did preface the results by saying that these are results on a fairly small proportion of the national scale so it's really Mm -hmm. really important that people do their own surveys and their own research in their own sub-communities because some issues that are sort of brought up in the national results might not be an issue at university you know every every sort of community is different so i I emphasize that it was really important that people do their own stuff as well and that people could use the framework that i sort of set up with the national one to do their own ones. And also I did say that there are gaps in national ones as well. Like there was a gap in asking about whether social class was an issue. A lot of people commented in their, their like sort of other comment sections saying that socioeconomic status is a huge influence as well on the diversity of capella cappella. Yeah. So I sort of mentioned all these things and asked we to do their own. And I've heard from a couple of people, I think a lot of people are now doing their own and I've heard from a couple of people that they are sort of taking the comments that are in national one because there were comments about, you know, how we might be able to better reach out to communities without tokenizing certain communities as well which is really important and yeah so i've I've heard sort of drips and drabs of stuff going on that being said i think people are also very focused on how they're going to audition this year because obviously everything is so, so different it's sort of it adds another layer of how they have to do it so it might be a blessing almost because people have to rethink the whole thing and so they, they yeah. almost could start from the ground up yeah. And I, and I've seen at least, at least from a social media
0: standpoint, I've seen a lot of groups discuss restructuring the way they're going to move forward, right. giving everything going on, you know, with the climate of the world right now, but not, not only just from a virtual sense, but the things that you're addressing here in this survey, they definitely want to include more members from, you know, more marginalized groups mm. and people who might not have the opportunities available. So I, I think this is very important and fascinating information that needs to be shared and distributed, for sure.
1: I could talk about data all day. I know my husband finds that insanely boring. I enjoy it. But unfortunately, it is time for us to take another break. So don't go anywhere. We will come back here with Dan Mailer on Tacapella And after the break, we're going to have a little bit of
3: fun. Acaville is broadening our network. We're introducing a new show and podcast called Vocal Perspective, hosted by myself, Rachel Schoenbaum, and the amazing Amanda Cornaglia. Each week, we speak with a new female or female-identifying member of the acapella community to talk about ideas, themes, and topics that affect us. Tune in at Acavilla on Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, or on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Akaville, home of Vocal Perspective.
1: And we're back on Tacapella with Dan Mailer from the UK. And we're going to jump into some fun here. Dan, on our show, we have a couple traditions here. The first one is we go through a list of 10 rapid fire questions. You're going to see how my brain works. It's It's going to be quite
2: disturbing, I think, maybe.
0: You know what? (laughs) We have gotten so many different answers on this next segment. I'm just like prepared to be surprised with anything that comes out.
1: So, Dan, are you ready? I'm ready. Brian, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. And Dan, describe yourself in three words. Oh.
2: Short, bassy, driven. I like the second You're word. I'm not even that short. I don't know why that came yeah. out. Yeah. I'm like, you don't look short at all. Apparently I look really tall, but I, I'm not I'm not tall by any means. I'm not short. Oh. I'm like five eight, which it's, it's not short short. Right. It's obviously not tall either. No. I don't know why that came to mind. Yeah,
1: though. yeah, yeah. It's just
2: right there. It's almost there. I mean, I'm short. How tall are you?
1: I'm 5'2. It's pretty short, yeah. My mother is very short. She's four foot nine. Oh, wow. She's also started Uh, to shrink because she's she's up there in age.
0: uh, Yeah, that happens. Mm. All right. Question two What is your most memorable performance moment?
2: Oh, probably in gen 3 suspensions we went on a tv show on bbc one man, and just being awesome. on that show was like one of the most exciting things that's ever happened in my whole life because it was like proper big show so that it was called pitch battle pitch,
0: did i watch i've seen a few of you you all's I uk show yeah. might have seen that one
2: Show oh, as a whole was actually pretty dire but, but <laughs> i mean like big that was great you know yeah right the experience yeah. question okay
1: what is your go-to comfort food?
2: Chocolate every single time. Well, wow. wait,
1: dark chocolate, milk chocolate.
2: Our chocolate over here, sorry not sorry, is significantly better than your chocolate. Yeah. I, Don't I be hear sorry. That. We all know that. <laughs> chocolate
1: in Europe is better than yeah. in the US. Yeah. And if you haven't had European chocolate, you are missing out.
2: Yeah. Swiss chocolate, Belgian chocolate. Because people oh, might, yeah. People yeah. might we'll think Swiss that, are like, oh, we can get dairy milk in the US. It's not the same dairy milk. It's different. Like, no, it's really a no, proven no. fact that it's different dairy milk. Dairy milk is like, you know, the classic chocolate in the UK, but yeah always chocolate was there like less like coals or less apparently what it I is know, it is that it? your chocolate has to be sort of made differently oh, what's the word for it? like tempered differently because you have higher temperatures on there it's hotter in a lot of the states mm-hmm. so right. it needs to be tempered differently to stop it from melting which really affects their taste so our chocolate because we have a much cooler climate here generally doesn't have to have that so it, i think allows it to be feel a bit more luxurious because your chocolate's very gritty Whereas ours is more smooth.
0: Okay. Have you not had
1: I- European chocolate?
2: I've had
0: Swiss chocolate before. Yes, Swiss I've Belgian had that as well. Yeah, I don't know how it compares to,
2: like, what um, you get. The thing is have it over there. I think having, you know, Swiss, Belgian, British chocolate in the States is still not the same thing. It needs to be quite, you need to go. Go to Europe and have I need chocolate.
0: to reach out to some UK
2: contacts to send me some
0: chocolate.
1: Not chat. even that, because when it gets here, it's different. Okay. We yeah. need to take a trip.
0: Okay, well, we're visiting. We're you visiting. and
1: Laura and Wade and I will go to the UK.
0: Yeah, all right, it's done. All right, question four. What is your favorite
2: non-musical activity? Oh God, I'm not going to do very well at Quickfire, am I? What do I even do with my time?
0: Only acapella, cappella. Honestly, apparently. probably, I
2: like, socially, I like, like, going and finding, like, new venues, like, different bars and stuff. It was like, okay. living in London is, like, the the, most, the best thing ever, you know? And so, in terms of, like, hobbies at home, there's not much else I do because it takes so long to do all this production stuff i mean you
1: game
2: right well i had a gaming phase during lockdown you know i wouldn't i would never call myself a gamer it's just that i bought the sims and to make the most of my purchase i had to play it for for three weeks (laughs) else it wouldn't have been very economical
1: that's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Question number five. Cats or dogs?
2: Dogs. All right. Yeah. Moving on. No definitive. My one. thing with that is that anyone that likes cats has just been lucky enough to have a good cat. Most cats. That's most fair. cats aren't That's very fair. good, to be honest. such a good point. And I think you more often than not get a good dog than a good cat. So.
1: I have three wonderful cats. You're a very
0: oh, lucky woman is. then.
1: I am. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just a cat lady because, I mean, I've said it. I also have a husband. So.
0: All right. Question six. What
2: is your go-to karaoke song? Shallow usually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Shallow. Shallow. From. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm right. quite hard with karaoke because I've such a low voice. I can't do any, <laughs> it's tough. I can't do any We're male bass songs and bear yeah, tones. it is. I can't do yeah. any male songs, so I'll often have to do the big belters, the female big belters. Oh, you go for it. Wow. Yeah, why not? A bit of Whitney, you know. I'm not I've gonna say always I do wanted to well. do
0: like a Whitney Houston song at karaoke, but I'm like, I know I'll be <laughs> terrible at it. I'm like, one day I'm gonna get the courage to do I Will Always Love You at karaoke. But...
1: I might pay to see that.
2: I think yeah, I've done that well. one before. I think when I was an Australia you... competition I did I Will Always Love like You for some reason. <laughs> awesome. But I think people like us, like acapella singers are so like we take karaoke cream so much more serious than regular people because i'll literally be there oh, i'll have absolutely. it like i'll be practicing like on my phone i am like can i hit that note you know just making sure i can because <laughs> yeah. i'm not going up there and embarrassing Get in the pitch myself right before you go on stage, yeah. yeah i need to be I sure that it. i can nail it i'm
1: so glad the... to hear
2: that other people do that sorry.
1: sorry no i i definitely do that i feel ya what is the last show you binge watched
2: i don't watch much tv maybe the politician on netflix with ben platt
1: oh okay gonna...
2: before that probably brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh yes
1: yeah.
0: Try that one.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve. Living in London, slow walkers is always one of them.
1: I thought you were going to say it was I'm living in it. London. I'm like,
2: no, oh, no. I love living okay. in London. It's the slow walkers. I'm like, why do you live in London? You know, you move to London for the high paced life. Why would you walk slow?
1: So I feel like I feel like that can be a pet peeve anyway.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. But like, think... I'm in
1: an airport and I'm like, you need to get out of my way. Yeah. My husband's the same way, so it's, it's pretty funny. All right. Who would play you in a... Oh, I'm going to say that again. Who would play you in a movie about your life?
2: I would love for Tom Holland to play me, I reckon. he Tom okay. Holland is, is who I think I am, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> wow, well, that's me. But obviously, nowhere near me. Much more successful and, and good-looking and talented and all, and all that. But I, I would like hey, to if- think that he's the one that would be cast to play me.
0: That's a good pick. Hey, if you're picking someone to play, it has got to be someone good. Yeah. yeah. So good- I'm not even mad at that choice. All right, <laughs> final... Final question here but
1: Speaking of Tom Holland
0: If you had One Superpower What would it be
1: I would okay, probably I guess more Spider-Man.
2: I'd probably actually Love to go invisible Even okay. for both Like good And bad reasons <laughs> yeah,
0: I've got to say I need some honesty here With this answer if,
2: You know Just to sort of like Get myself out of a situation That I don't want to be in or Or to rob a bank You know, the, you know One or the other <laughs> Right see I'm glad somebody could say it I'm like You're not just going to be
0: Doing hey, completely
2: honest. Yeah when people say They want to be like, invisible That is why You know yeah. That doesn't say that <laughs> Is lying
1: I would definitely you go invisible to mess with
2: people. Mm, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's one as well. Or yeah. actually, an, an alternative is to for time travel. I would do that. I'll be able to pause wow. time to pause time and rob a bank you know or you
0: some... just want to you just want to rob a bank is what i'm hearing any power that lets you rob
2: a bank yeah no
1: if i would not be I a superhero
2: i would be a super villain
1: yeah if, if i hear that a bank was robbed in the uk or like in london i'm gonna be like it was dan yeah i, I already know who it was I suddenly acquired invisibility powers,
0: powers. <laughs> oh man I, i'm learning so much about you now <laughs> this is this is great awesome well that was our round of rapid fire questions thank you for those entertaining answers that was great it Was per tradition here we always like to wrap up our show with some advice, something our listeners can walk away with. So Dan, if you could offer our listeners, the acapella community, some advice out there, whether it be to the community as a whole, to one individual or group of people, what would you say?
2: I would say probably skill up. You know, there's so many groups I find like, oh, we can't do this because we, we, we don't know how. And I'm like, well, learn, you know, there's so many resources to learn anything from arranging to to production to, you know, video directing, like anything that might apply to an cappella group. If you can't do it and you want to do it, then figure it out is my, is my main thing that I would say. And, and that because I feel like personally that helped launch. Like you know, my groups and my skills just so much further, like so much further ahead than, than we would have been because we had people that would wanted to learn how to do it. And yeah, I think that's the main piece of advice I'd say is just do it. And also just like care less, you know, it's it's chill. Have fun.
1: I, I know I can take both of those pieces of advice.
2: <laughs> right. I'm like, that's applicable to like everyone yeah. there.
0: Yeah. That That's such great advice. Even, out, even yeah.
1: outside of acapella.
2: In everything.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, just do like,
1: it. I'll... Figure it out. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: right not so serious you know people you know enjoy life wonderful advice dan thank you so much if our listeners wanted to learn more about you figure out any projects that you're tied to where could they go to find out more information
2: you can find my group lux on facebook insta tiktok just search lux vocals and you'll find us honestly uh, i'm going to shout out my old group as well suspensions Bristol suspensions oh, please we've do. got a big project actually coming out on the 26th it's like a big I don't give too much away but it's going to be really exciting that I have (laughs) had like a big part in producing as well so that's that That, that's me where to to find me and my stuff go and check us out
0: great I'm like I can't wait to hear that project that's going to be awesome knowing that you worked on it Alicia if our listeners wanted to learn more about you where could they go
1: you can find me on Instagram my Instagram name is e.squared1989 if you've added me before and I didn't accept your request I am sorry please go request it again because I forgot that I say what that is on this show. You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Alicia Edwards. That's E-L-I-C-I-A Edwards 19. You can find my acapella group Inversion on Facebook under Inversion Acapella. You can find us on YouTube at also inversion acapella and you can find us on instagram at inversion underscore slc and how about you brian
0: as always you can find me on twitter at the brian alex brian with an i and then please go follow all the work that i do with college acapella on facebook instagram and twitter and on that note that's going to wrap up today's show we just want to thank dan so much for coming on thank you i am really yeah i'm really hoping that you know we see the survey the the results some you know, all of this information at some kind of upcoming acapella conventions, festivals. I think it needs to be shared. It needs to be discussed. There's so much importance around the work that you have done here. So we just thank you so much for taking the time to come on and share all of this with us today. Thanks. And on that note, please go follow Takapella. We have a Twitter. It's at Takapella, two Ps, two Ls. We also have a website, Takapella.org, where you can catch previous episodes. And as always, give Acapella Radio a follow. They are the reason that you're able to even hear the show uh so we want to thank them so much for this wonderful platform that's streaming acapella 24 hours a day uh and that's going to wrap up today's show and for everything else stay tuned